G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Esau went beyond the point of no return. He traded his birthright for a single meal. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to be wise and learn from the mistakes of those who went before us. Watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You know that Esau, though he regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, by then it was too late, tears or no tears. This is the day when the lost are found. gratification. We seem to have lost track of its benefits in our culture. Giving up something small in the short term to gain something big in the long term. We're all about quick bites, fast cash and the drive through lane. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how the temptation of the now can have ramifications that stretch all the way to eternity. Some important insights coming up today. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to sin? Have you ever noticed how it comes naturally to all of us? But here's the good news. Despite what sin we may have committed, we serve a God who forgives sin. God assures us in 1 John 1, 9, if we will confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So no matter how severe the sin, God can forgive it. I mean, consider this. The worst conceivable sin ever was to kill God's only son. Yet the first words of Christ on the cross were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I don't care what you've done. God can and will forgive it. All sin is forgivable. Lying, cheating, stealing, drunkenness, immorality. It doesn't matter. However, (laughs) there is one exception. There is one sin that God will not forgive. And it's called the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Now, this is interesting. To blaspheme is to insult. You don't blaspheme an object. I can't blaspheme this piano. I can't blaspheme a car. Maybe you've tried. (laughs) Banging on a car, start, you know. But because a car is an inanimate object, it can't be insulted or blasphemed. That car doesn't care what you do or say. It's just a thing. Only a person can be blasphemed. So this reminds us that the Holy Spirit, being a part of the Trinity, being God, has personality. You can actually sin specifically against the Holy Spirit. Now let me 
relieve some of you because you might be concerned. This is not a sin a Christian commits. Let me summarize it very simply. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is to reject the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit is to convince me of my sin and bring me to Jesus Christ. Therefore, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the only unforgivable sin, is the rejection of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Because the Bible says, if you reject Him, there's no hope for your salvation at all. How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? The Bible asks. You see, you can actually go beyond the point of no return. Now when that point is in a person's life, I have no idea. But I believe there is a point like that. Esau went beyond that point. He's an Old Testament character. He had a brother named Jacob. They were in the womb together. They were womb mates. <laughs> right? Now normally the blessing in the Jewish family went to the firstborn, which would be Esau, because he was born first. But in this case God made an exception and said, I'm going to give the blessing to Jacob, who's born second. And so they're born. And Jacob was kind of a conniver. And he didn't want to wait to get the blessing from God. So one day uh, his brother Esau came in from the field after hunting. And he was hungry and old Jacob's cooking up a bowl of stew and it's smelling good to brother Esau. And Esau says, um, bro, that's, that soup smells good. Hey, can I have some? Jacob says, yeah, I'll give you some. But I want you to give me something for it. Yeah, what do you want? I want the birthright. The birthright given to you. Give it to me. Esau's like, birthright, smirthright. Give me the lunch. He eats the food. But afterwards he realizes, I should have never given that birthright up. Now listen to this. Here's what the Bible says of Esau. Hebrews 12, 16. Be sure that none of you is immoral or godless like Esau. He traded his birthright as the oldest son for a single meal. And afterwards, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. Listen, it was too late for repentance even though he wept bitter tears. You see, the problem with Esau was he blew it off and he went too far. And yes, you can go that far. Nothing's worse than a hard heart. Sometimes we think, oh man, my kid's on drugs. They're abusing alcohol. It's the worst case scenario. No, actually, as bad as that is, it's not the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is a hard heart. Because that person struggling with drugs or alcohol, they may see their need for Jesus. They're under the conviction of the Spirit. They're going to come back soon. They're just a prodigal that needs to come home again. But there might be a person, listen to this, sinning in church with a smile on their face and their Bible open and their heart is like stone and they're further from God than the person who's actually living as a prodigal in the moment. See, this is the thing. I hear these messages and I take him in, but if I'm refusing to respond, I can become hardened to God and I can go too far. We don't want to do that. And if you have a hard heart, it's going to come out on what you say. Let's read the words of Jesus now. Matthew 12, starting in verse 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, the fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how can evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. 
A good person produces evil things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Fascinating statement, verse 34. Whatever is in your heart determines what you will say. It is by our conversation and our unguarded moments we show our true character. It's been estimated that from the first good morning to the last good night, the average person engages in enough conversations to fill a book of 50 to 60 pages. And, and that would be the average man. Now the average woman, <laughs> let's just say she probably uses a few more than a man. Now you could just take any book <laughs> and recognize you're going to be held accountable for the words that you have given and stated. And out of the abundance of a heart, a man will speak. That's what Jesus says in verse 36. For every idle word a man may speak, you give an account of on the day of judgment. See, a person who has ill will will always express it in words. Have you ever noticed that bitter people can't keep their bitterness to themselves? They love to spread it around. They're the kind of person that comes up and says, what do you think about this? Because I don't really like this at all. And I think, and you know, what do you think? And they sort of spend their time in stirring things up. Coming back to Esau, and from a modern translation we read these words. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. Watch out for the Esau syndrome. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You know that Esau, though he regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing, by then it was too late. Tears or no tears. I love that phrase, the Esau syndrome. A bitter heart that ruins you. Are you bitter towards someone today? You want to know something? If you harbor bitterness in your heart towards someone else, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. Say, how do you know that, Greg? Because the Bible says so. Ephesians 4.29, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, and be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving each other as God in Christ has forgiven you. You might say, but Craig, someone has hurt me and now I must hurt them. Really? Well, that's not what the Bible says you should do. First Peter 3, 9 says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That's what God has called you to do. He'll bless you for it. Turn the bitterness into a blessing. Well, they don't deserve it. Did you? Be tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Listen, buckaroo. <laughs> you did not deserve the forgiveness of God, nor did I. Therefore I extend it to others. Well, they don't merit it. Did the people merit it when Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do? Listen, when you forgive someone, you set a prisoner free yourself. See, you're the one that's suffering. You're wishing ill on this person. Every time you think about them, yeah, how can I get them? How can I bring them down? How can I destroy them? Man, you are wasting your life and you better be careful or you're going to fall into the Esau syndrome. 
and the bitterness will eat you up and destroy you. Instead, we must forgive. Great to have you with us today. This is A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. He's the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And we're hearing about the unforgivable sin and how the temptation of the now can have ramifications that stretch all the way to eternity. Let's continue. So what are the takeaway truths for us as we bring this message to an end? Number one, we must come to church to worship God and learn spiritually. Otherwise, that which should soften our hearts to hear Him can harden them to not hear Him. I should come here with a desire to grow. First of all, bring your Bible to church. Secondly, show up on time. Don't come late. Don't leave early. Now, if there's an emergency, you have to go, I understand, but, but oh, let's, let's leave early. No, don't leave early. Participate. When the worship group comes out, if they're doing their job properly, they don't want you to go out and say, that was awesome worship. No, you should say, he's an awesome God. That's what you should say. I would never want you to walk out saying, he's a great preacher. I doubt you'd say that, but to the point in case you would, I just want you to say, he's a great God. I heard his voice today. And that's the objective. So when the worship band is out here, Engage. Engage. Worship. When a message is being given, listen. Pay attention. Bring a notebook. Write things down. Now I know a lot of you have your Bible in your phone or on a tablet device. That's fine. Write notes down. You're not remembering as much as you think you're remembering. It's attention with intention. And that will cause your heart to be receptive. Come with a sense of expectancy. I want to hear from God today. I want to worship God today. I want to grow spiritually today. It will change your church experience. Number two. Never take for granted the blessing of what God has done for you. Never take your salvation for granted. Never take our church for granted. Never take the Word of God for granted. And number three, instead of resisting the Holy Spirit, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Have a tender conscience. And when I go astray, pray that my heart is so open to God, I'll sense His conviction and get right in line. It's a good thing when your conscience is working. It's a bad thing when it isn't. So take these things to heart. Because listen to this. God's Holy Spirit is drawing you. There's someone hearing this message right now that is on the verge of going too far. Now they may be here in this room where I'm speaking. They may hear this two years later on a radio show. Someone's hearing me right now that is on the verge of going too far. There comes a time, we know not when, a place we know not where, when a man's fate is sealed. A woman's fate is sealed. What if that place were right here right now for you. What if this were your last moment before one of two things happened? A, you died. You died. You never heard another sermon. You never had another opportunity to come to Christ. Your life ended. You weren't expecting it, but it happened. And now you enter into eternity. It's appointed unto a man once to die, then comes a judgment. Or, what if this were the last time you would hear a message where there was some sense of need in your life where you would respond before you cross that line like Esau did 
and went to the point of no return. Yes, there is that point. There is that person who has literally blasphemed the Holy Spirit. They've gone too far. So here's what I'm saying. You that have kind of played around with this and you've been maybe even raised in the church and you think you know it all and there's sort of a smugness and you think you could go out and live this other life and come and play your little religious game. Here's a warning from God for you today. You better stop it. Don't insult the Spirit. Don't enrage the Spirit. Don't resist the Spirit and never blaspheme the Spirit and reject Christ. This may be your last opportunity. I suggest you respond. I want to close with one statement by Christ in our text. Verse 30. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Another translation makes it clear. Jesus speaking, anyone who isn't helping me opposes me. Anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Which side are you on? I heard this message years ago. This very text was quoted. And as a 17-year-old kid, I looked around at the Christians. And I said, well, I'm not one of them. Does that mean I'm against Jesus? I don't want to be against Him. That's when I made my decision to be for Christ. Will you make that decision today? If you need to come to Him, respond to this invitation right now. Remember what I said in the beginning of the message. We serve a forgiving God. I don't care what you've done. He'll forgive it. But you must admit it to Him and ask for His forgiveness. He accomplished this by sending His Son, Jesus, who died on the cross for your sin and will forgive you of your sin if you'll turn from it. If you need to do that, respond now as we close in prayer. Father, we've heard Your Word and now I pray that Your Holy Spirit will do His work. That He will convict and convince of sin. That He will help the people listening now realize their need for Jesus Christ and that they will come to You and believe and find Your forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with some important words about having our hearts right with God. And as you've listened today, you've come to realize that you need to make a change in your relationship with God. Well, today's a great day to do that. And Pastor Greg would like to help you right now. The Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer where you will be doing just that, calling on the name of the Lord. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven. If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and take away your guilt and your shame, then just stop what you're doing and pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this after me if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments. I have fallen short of your standards. But 2,000 years ago, you died on that cross for me. Then you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior, and my Lord, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me, and accepting me, and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you just prayed those words with Pastor Greg, and you meant them sincerely, know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you. We'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey too. 
Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. One of the phrases of the Beatitudes is, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are those who are persecuted? Pastor Greg unravels that mystery next time as he returns to his series from the Sermon on the Mount. Hope you can join us right here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Unforgivable Sin. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.